Uh, I haven't seen you in a long time, dude. Yeah, it's been quite a while since, was it June? End of June last time we hung out? Yeah, it was a while ago for sure. It's funny. I feel like this whole summer just kind of, like it happened, but I didn't really process the fact that it was summer <laughs> happening and I'm like passing. Yeah, it is kind of weird. I mean, it's definitely fall now though. That's for it's definitely sure. fall now. It's, I was out today. Um, we had a couple people boating, so we just had one lifeguard out on the lake. So I was just kind of hanging out, helping people get in and out of boats and stuff. Uh, and just sort of looking at, at the leaves on the mountains and on the ridges and stuff. And it's, it's like being inside a painting. I mean, we're deep, deep in fall. The, the colors are breathtaking. Yeah. There's one tree on my block that has decided to change before everybody else. <laughs> and, and all the other trees are like still hanging in there and got most of their green leaves. But this one tree has just decided he's had enough. You're listening to Ketchup Cast, the podcast where, believe it or not, we do not discuss condiments. So the listeners don't know this, but you've you've moved. We don't have to say where you moved to. We can keep that bit going. Yeah, I work for the government, Ethan. I can't tell you where. where That's, I... <laughs> you can't work. You can't tell me. That's right. But I I wanted to ask what's like what you I know we talked off air just about like wh- how moving is a very strange process and like establishing a life in a new place is a very intimidating thing. What's that been like? I mean, it's interesting because of COVID, like nothing's open. So there's not, I mean, things are open. Like, yeah, I, I should rephrase that. Like, yeah, things are open, but it's not really a hanging out kind of time. Like right. you don't like go and meet people at random places. It's kind of like you decide who you're going to meet up with to like stay in your bubble and like you're being really careful and you're not like, going out to to bars to meet a bunch of people a bunch of new people at the same time so like building community is a little hard nowadays with with COVID and all but um the people I work with are super awesome and it's good to meet them and they're like in my bubble so I can hang out with them and um that's pretty cool so yeah I mean it's uh it's hard it's interesting because I think college which is like our most recent experience with community building yeah is kind of like set up in a way in which community is baked into the experience like you have classes with other people you eat meals with people you have like extracurricular things with people all of those items all of those subgroups are meant to build community we're like now that we're adults and kind of living on our own we have to build those subgroups on our own <laughs> which is terrifying in a way and cool in another way you know that the court is cut now it's our job and and sort of it necessary for us to build these communities at the worst possible time to be building a community yeah for sure but that's just kind of an interesting aspect of of uh living nowadays is that better is that oh that's terribly blown out. that actually made it worse oh great If you put it, if you have a light in front of you, that would, that would help. I mean, I, my lighting is not great either. Well, I've got a single fluorescent tube. That's my lighting. Yeah. Are you in like a cabin or something going on? What, what I see the like reflection in the background of your, uh, your thing. It's the, uh, so there's a staff room in the dining hall that has uh, a router in it with an ethernet cable. So I'm hooked in <laughs> directly to the router. Uh, so best internet on camp. You're stealing everybody's internet right now. 
Oh. Nobody else can use the internet. In a- Making a podcast. What are they doing? My roommates are watching trashy, like, reality TV. Everyone else is supposed to be camping and enjoying the outdoors. They should not be on the Wi-Fi at all, so. Ah, uh, well, this is Wi-Fi I paid for with my own money. And, yeah, so you're uh, you're in an apartment. All these new responsibilities, all these new bills. Yeah, hopefully my bill, my uh, my check went through this week and, and the internet's not just going to cut out. <laughs> that would be funny. Um, or not really, because I need it to do work tomorrow. But, right, that's kind of an important. Um, there's a really nice public library just down the way, which which I got some work done my first week here when I didn't have this set up. So that was that was really nice. I love public libraries because of that. But anyways, yeah, I'm hanging out in my new place, my new apartment. What's it feel like to have your own your own spot, your own bachelor pad, whatever the phrase the kids are using these days? Yeah, I don't know what to call it. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a name for it yet. I suppose I need to like come up with a, a some obnoxious like rich person manor name, v- Vlaggersport or something. I don't know. You know, like how like rich people have obnoxious names for their houses. Oh yeah, something like that. I have a I have some friends up here who have a house on the lake, and they call it Felsmere. And <laughs> I love they're lovely people, but it's such like just naming your lake house is such a interesting concept yeah yeah i i also don't like like i'm just renting the the upstairs like i just have three or four rooms so it's not like i have like the naming rights right that's true i mean it has an address and i suppose that's a form of a name but um yeah i don't know what to call it quite yet uh it's kind of interesting i'm also only here half the time anyways so it's kind of weird that's all right. Yeah, so you're one week out, one week in, right? With your government job? Yep, out in the field. That, that is the case, yeah. Well, it's like eight, eight, eight at work and then six off. Because there's like, I have to go in every every Tuesday. To get the dossiers. Is a, a, a go in, is like a work day. So that makes, you know, like, lopsided, but um, still not too bad. Uh, yeah. And the government pays pretty good and has good benefits. So That's good. Out. Love the government. Well, no, I don't love the government, actually. But we don't need to get into that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I work in a different branch of the government. <laughs> the Isaac branch. You've, you said you're hanging out with coworkers. Have you really made any other friends in your new community? Or has it pretty much just been your um, new government agents that you hang out with? Just the other agents at the, at the, at the, uh, the agency. The bureau? <laughs> the, the the unnamed agency um just them i think like i said it's kind of tricky to meet people right now and then i think online too everybody's online all the time anyway so i think making an online relationship is just annoying at this point for folks so it's not really like an attractive thing anymore uh so yeah i can't really say that i know anybody that i live in the town with um, you'll get there so that's <laughs> hopefully someday you know besides my landlord and and the people that live downstairs and and they're wonderful people and great but uh yeah <laughs> mostly just coworkers at this point and also my schedule makes it hard too right um yeah being gone for a whole week where i don't have cell service or, or i'm able to contact them because i'm doing secret government thing right very secret um very government. makes it hard to uh to maintain some of those relationships um yeah but that's all right a good friend of mine uh stopped by on their way driving back east they had been out west for the whole summer and uh wisconsin is somewhat east 
So they stopped back here and hung out for a couple of days last uh, off shift. And that was really fun. So I'm like connecting with, with everybody that, uh, everybody that I care about, you know, pretty regularly. So that's, that's pretty sweet. That's sweet. Yeah. It's been, have I told you how I ended up here up in, in the Adirondacks? I told you that story or did I just tell you I was here and that's, that was the extent of it. Uh, I don't know. You were feeling some wanderlust at home, uh, and wanted to get out by any means necessary. So I'm interested to hear more exactly how that happened. Cause I think I left first. Yeah. You left first. And then a couple days later I got the call, but I had all these plans for what I was going to do. Uh, if camp got canceled and camp did get canceled, the governor said no overnight camps, which makes sense. I feel like, you know, you, there's overnight camps. There was one in Georgia, a Y camp that like had 80 something cases. So like, it's probably the best that camp was canceled, but I was like, what am I going to do? And I had this, this great plan. I was going to backpack the Finger Lakes trail. That was my plan. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Now, I've never solo backpacked before. I've never like camped alone before. So this was going to be new, but you know, it's, it's a pandemic. When else to do something crazy and, and new? And then one morning, like 9am, I've just gotten up. I'm sitting with my morning coffee and my phone rings and it says camp. And I figured they, cause I knew they were having it. It was like family cabin rentals. So they were running sort of skeleton programming, boating, swimming, archery, like easy stuff that really, you don't need a lot of staff for. Uh, and I knew they were running that. But I, I think they, I thought they had all the staff they needed. I wasn't expecting it to be called. Someone, my phone rang and I saw it was camp. I thought this was the call like, hey, sorry to be a bummer, Ethan, but we don't need you. Have a great summer. I didn't want to have that phone call. But I answered and, and it was my boss. And she said, hey, a spot opened up. It's like 9 a.m. on a Thursday. And I was instantly like on my feet like, tell me about it. And she said, well, it's not going to be programming. You're going to be helping the ranger with maintenance and cleaning and stuff. But would you still like to come up here? And I was, I wasn't thrilled at the thought of coming up to the Adirondacks and, you know, scrubbing toilets all summer, but it was, I'd be up in the Adirondacks. So I said, sure. Uh, when do you want me? And she said, come up in whenever you want, you, you know, sometime in the next week. So I canceled all my commitments, which was just the church gig running their services. So I, I did one last church service and said, I'm out of here. Uh, packed up my bags, drove out to the Adirondacks and was ready to clean. And I showed up and she said, okay, you're going to be lifeguarding all the time. So I, the job I was offered is not the job I got, but I've been up here since July and I'm here through October, just basically lifeguarding, swimming, boating. Occasionally I light fires, classic stuff, Nice. but it's been very, you've talked about sort of building a community has been challenging my struggle has been maintaining a community because I live with the people that I work with. I can only hang out with the people that I work with and I live where I work. Sure. So it's like the same couple of people constantly with no break because we all live in the same cabin. So I wish I was with less of a community, I guess, to contrast your, your position. Yeah, it's definitely hard living with that few of people that intimately all the time. Yeah, all the time. That, that does seem challenging. But it's, we've made it work. We just, we, one of the staff members had never seen Avatar The Last Airbender. So we made it our, our camp project. We were going to watch the whole show and we did. And that was fun. That sounds cool. But it's been pretty smooth sailing. I mean, I work, I worked six days a week until recently. Now I work five days a week with two days off, but I can't really go anywhere. Same, you know, it's COVID. Like, yeah bars are open Does everybody have the same days off or what 
Yeah, well, two of us have, there's one day we all have off, and then there's two of us who took an extra day off. We had the option to work six days, but I decided I wanted a weekend. Nice. So I, you know, I've been hiking mostly, that's what I do on my weekends. Because we have a lot of amazing trails around here. Oh, you got good trails around there? Yeah, so we, we own, we have 1,500 acres here, so I, I'll hike around the lake. Uh, we have, there's a mountain that is technically not on our property, but you have to be on our property to get to this mountain, so it's kind of our mountain. Gotcha. So I, someday I'm going to hike that. I keep meaning to, and then it keeps thundering, so I haven't hiked it. I was going to say, you got to be careful. Hiking in the Adirondacks right now is kind of controversial. The high peaks are slammed as ever, yeah. and uh, definitely not social distance. It's kind of kind of crazy. The... They've had, in, in this area, the Fulton Chain, there's been one, well, there's been more cases now, but when I came up, there'd only been one case at a bar, and so people really weren't taking sure. it seriously. If you go into town, the tables are far enough apart, technically, but, like, they're, yeah. not, they're not far enough apart, and there's, like, sign. My favorite one, it's at this ice cream place, and it says, social distance, please, but in parentheses next to social, it says IST, so socialist distance. Oof. It just makes, it's dumb. It, it's all just dumb, but... It, you know, I haven't gotten COVID, far as I know. I know very few people who've gotten COVID, just in general. Yeah, I mean, as far as, like, my job goes, it's more likely that I'll get it in the community, going grocery shopping, doing, you know, doing my laundry, like, something like that, mm-hmm. where then I will at work. So, I feel pretty good about that, but um, also I feel a ton of responsibility, because I don't want to bring it into work. Yeah. Um that would be really bad. Uh, so trying to be careful with it. Um, it's not like I'm going to, it's not like I'm at a high risk position, like, but my job is still essential, but I still feel like pretty, um, responsible for not getting it. So definitely being careful and stuff, but, uh, yeah, wearing that when you're out in the field, is everyone wearing masks? Cause I know your field is a little more outdoors than a lot of people's fields. Your government uh, field. Yeah, we actually don't, but... But, but you're outside the, in social distancing, I'm sure. Yeah, because we can be outside and socially distance enough, and um, like I said, we would... Chances are, we since we come in and out of the field and we have a week off, chances are we'd get it on our off week, but when we're in the field, we're pretty safe. Um, plus, I just don't think it would be super practical, like, given the situation but we're certainly like very conscious of our distance we're trying to hand wash and hand Mm -hmm. sanitize very frequently and like you know not touching things that other people are going to touch throughout the day like we're yeah we're doing the best we can but um yeah yep yep crazy stuff but here we are here we are we are precautionary because we're outside all the time too so you know as long as people are social distancing masks are Masks are great, obviously. You know, wear a mask. Yeah, definitely possible. do that. But we don't. It's not as necessary. In the we have a couple indoor spaces, and in that I I don't take my mask off ever in those, and I try to encourage the guests to also do that. The guests are not as concerned, and they're probably less at risk of carrying it than I am because I've been like, the amount of families that have come through this camp since July. I mean, so many people that I've been exposed to. So I'm definitely more of a risk factor than the families. But we like inside we wear masks. Uh, whenever we, like, whenever someone comes in from paddling, we spray down their paddle, we spray down their boat with this, like, cleaning solution. It's called Rejuvenol. It's, like, the Y's favorite substance that every single Y branch uses this stuff. It's, like, their, 
their approved right. stuff. We've had Y employees like, oh, what are you spraying? And I go, oh, rejuvenol. And they go, oh, we know rejuvenol. And it's, it's like the, the most boring inside joke. It's a cleaning product. But That's funny. But yeah, just but yeah like if that. we're inside or if we're in a vehicle with another person, yeah, yeah we have to, yeah. Which makes sense because you're not socially distanced and you're breathing the same air and stuff. But, um, yeah. And people, I mean, people are respectful of it. Your participants, I mean, they, they, no one makes a stink. Um, for the most part. <laughs> I guess oh, that's the best. Yeah, we I'll, can hope I'll for. leave it there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I had a list of things I wanted to talk about, like adventures that I've been on that I wanted to share. Go for it. And I've got some, blanking some on stories it. as well. Let's I'm see. trying to think. Uh... Oh, oh, this one. So I, oh, you first. Well, mine's, okay, mine's kind so... of a horrifying one, so we'll go with something fun first. Oh, mine's kind of horrifying too in a, in a non-spooky oh, way, I suppose. Um, so I, I, I'm on for the week, and I don't use my car all week, but I leave it at the parking lot. And, um, and I realized that something was funky with it, like the steering was kind of rough or like the, it was kind of shaky. I don't know. It just didn't feel right. And, but I leave it at the parking lot. I realize I'm not going to use it for a week. What much could go wrong? <laughs> and I come back after the, a, a week in the field and, uh, I get to the car and, uh, I pop open the hood cause I know that something is wrong. Um, and I just want to like check everything to make sure it's, it's okay before I started up. Right. And as it turns out, it had lost all of its power steering fluid in the time in that week. It was gone. There was no power steering fluid <laughs> left in the, in the vehicle at all. How does that happen? Uh, cause there's a break in the line. And it oh yeah. Um, so now you've I, got this car you can't take anywhere. Well, no, I can, you can drive a car without power steering fluid. It's just not going to like do good things to the car. Yeah. Um, but I'd kind of anticipated this and I'd either, either thought it was going to be power steering fluid or it was going to be transmission fluid. If the car is leaking transmission fluid, it's probably over with. And there's kind of not much I can do about it or like replacing transmission fluid, like is probably not going to fix the car and like it could break down at any moment and be totally dead and leave me stranded or whatever. That would be not good. Good. Yeah. But if it's leaking power steering fluid, I can top up the power steering fluid and then drive it home, uh, you know, be able to drive it enough to make it home. And it probably won't malfunction in a catastrophe way. So I put my money on it being power steering fluid (laughs) and I bought power steering fluid, um, a jug of it to put in the back of the car for when that potentially happens. So when I lifted up the car, you know, hood and saw that it was power steering fluid that had leaked out and that was my issue, that was kind of a relief in a way. It was awful because like, oh, that's not not something great with the car, but it was kind of like, great. I put but that energy the out into the survives. world, bought the power steering fluid, <laughs> put it in and now I'm putting it to use. I can take it home. Uh, it'll survive at least for that drive and then I can get it to the mechanic and it can solve the issues. Um, so that was kind of like a, a real world adult thing. That's like, uh, my car breaks down and I have to pay for more money on the car than I thought I was going to have to this week. And this is also like, you know, the time that rent was due. And it's like, oh my gosh, I've, it's all, it's all. Because it always, uh, they all coincide. That's. Yeah. Because why would it be convenient? break down on right. the same week that rent is due. Like right, that of course. It just has to happen. 
Um, so, yeah. I'm but glad it worked out. Right and, and now Susie's doing just fine. So we're, uh, Very we're back in action. That's what we'd like to hear. My story is about not a car. Uh, now, this I was here for the second half of the story. I was not here for the horrifying part of the story. I was here for the, the, the rebirth, the hero returns, but the elixir part of the story. Okay, uh, great. So I get into the office one morning. You know, I've, I've, it was my, my morning off. So every morning, I either have to do go lifeguard the polar bear swim or I don't have to lifeguard the polar swim, bear swim. Now I'm one of the two lifeguards at camp, and I have to go lifeguard the polar bear swim every morning, including this morning when it was 30 degrees out and frosty. But no one jumped sure. in, so it's fine. But anyway, I get, to, I get to the office, I've got my coffee, and, you know, we're just sort of waking up. Everyone's sort of chatting about what we got going on for the day. Everyone's taking their temperature. And my friend Katie walks in, and she says, I have a story. And we all stop, we're doing, we listen. And the night before, uh, a bunch of them had been on, down in the boathouse doing an evening program, uh, drinking iced coffee. Because uh, we just do that. The amount of coffee we collectively have, the amount of money we've spent on coffee collectively as a staff this summer is horrifying like like genuinely hundreds of dollars on coffee this summer collectively probably Impressive. just myself uh but one of them had left their iced coffee in, in the boathouse overnight which is fine it's iced coffee like it's supposed to be cold but kitty gets there for polar bear and she sees something floating in it like it looks like a moth or something so she's like oh I'll scoop the moth out and she goes to pick up the coffee and scoop it out, but it's not a moth. What she sees is a little mouse face struggling to stay above the coffee. Fighting, drowning. So she goes, oh no, I gotta save this mouse. So she takes the lid off the iced coffee, goes behind the boathouse, and starts emptying this cup of coffee. Now as the coffee empties, she realizes there's not just one mouse fighting to stay afloat in this cup of coffee. And this, this image, I think about every once in a while, and it, it chills me. Because as she's emptying this coffee, she sees that the mouse struggling to stay afloat is standing on top of another drowned mouse to keep itself above the water. Oh, no. And she dumps this wet, soggy, sticky, crumpled, drowned mouse out of this cup. Uh-huh. And so she said, the other one, he's, he was, his eyes were closed. He was shaking, but he's alive. So I, I sort of wrapped him in some towels and put him behind the boathouse. We're gonna, Ethan, you're going to come with me early. We're going to go and we're going to save his life. I was like, I didn't volunteer for this, but that's fine. So we go, and he's, he's wrapped in these towels, and he's shaking, but his eyes are open. And the other one is very dead next to him, uh, which was fun. Uh, the amount of dead mice I've seen this summer is... I guess it's been a problem in the whole Adirondacks. I don't know if it's been a problem anywhere else, but, like, it mice everywhere this summer. I don't know if it's because it was a mild winter or something, but, like, everything smells like dead mice now. I was just in the office making my tea earlier tonight, and it smelled like hot dead mice, which is the worst smell. I would not recommend... Because uh, one of them, I think one of them died in the heater. Uh, but anyway, we get this mouse and we go and we rinse him off in the bathroom sink, and he's no longer coffeeed. And Katie makes him this little bed in a fanny pack out of guard gloves and stuff, and feeds him some granola bar, and it was very wholesome. And I think he's probably dead now, but that's my mouse story. That's pretty gnarly, dude. Super that's, gnarly. That's, yeah, that's not great. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's gross. Uh, I had left my coffee mug uh, in my car. I I drive to work on a Tuesday morning and I have uh, a coffee in a thermos and I drink it on the drive and then carefully. And then, uh, I get there and I leave 
the the mug. I can't. I'm not going to take the mug with me. Um, and when I got back, I get back kind of late at night. Um, is this still the same Tuesday, or is this eight days later? No, this is a different Tuesday. Eight days later. Yep, that's important. Eight days later, the oh. next Tuesday. Okay. Okay. I get off. I drive back in the dark, um, and I like quickly put things away in the dark and kind of like just go to bed because it's it's late and I've had a long week. And I wake up in the morning and make coffee and put it in my mug and then go to to drink coffee from the mug. And uh, it's one of those sealable ones with like the, the like so you can like turn it upside down. It's not going to anyways. But on top of the cap there uh, was floating little black turds of mouse poop. And I didn't figure this out until after I had taken a few. Sips. No. Oh, God. <laughs> it was really gross. Um <laughs> So, like, over the week that I was gone at work, Mouse had gotten into the car, you know, uh, drank in some of the coffee, did their thing on, on top of the uh, the mug, um, on top of the little thermos canister oh. thing. Um, and I didn't notice that, putting it away at night, and then was, like, groggy in the morning and totally forgot. And then, yeah, it was a and gross situation. But I know now to, to <laughs> always wash my things, even if they've been in the car when I come back. Yeah, that was not a fun discovery, but probably not the first time in my life that that's accidentally happened. Probably not. Mouse turds look kind of just like vague dirt when you're not paying attention to them. Yeah. So, you know, we've all probably eaten some mouse turds. Yep, yep. Gross mouse stories. Common. Very common. There's this cabin that it's my least favorite cabin to clean because it's got like 30 beds in it and so it just is a nightmare to spray and wipe down but for most of the summer there was just it was like the, the worst mouse cabin so we always had mouse traps in they're always dead mice and it just reeked every time you walked in it was just this stench that would wash over you and we had this guest he was one of the old ceos of the y he came up last week i guess he's very prone to like calling the current ceo and being like this place this is the the you know health standards <laughs> violated horrible horrible so my boss sat down was like we have everything has to be perfect we will clean his cabin twice before he gets in do not make him unhappy and on um, one of my days off i was sitting by the shore reading and he comes down and introduced himself and said do you work here and i said yeah can i help you with anything he said so i was up in, in camp dog which is the cabin i said oh yeah i said it smells really it smells like propane and me because i'm an idiot go oh that's probably dead mice oh nice <laughs> but he said he had a nice time so it worked out but like, it's such a common problem that I've just become numb to it. Except for the smell. The smell is really bad. And sometimes, like, they, they, they eat each other, right? Mice are cannibals. This has turned into a mouse podcast. That's not, that was not the intention. Uh, but we, we've been setting up, like, traps, like, bucket traps for them. Sometimes they drown, and sometimes we forget to put water in them, but they climb into these buckets and they can't get out is, is the idea. And they'll eat each other if they're stuck in these bucket traps for too long. So... There's been times where I've been walking by when you look in and there's a dead mouse and then there's half a mouse with sort of guts all over because he's been chewed down. That is pretty gnarly, man. That and is gross. That's a fun 10 a.m. on a, a Thursday. Gross mouse stories. Here we are. <laughs> we got to get off of this. You have any any fun stories that don't involve mice or, or broken cars? Um... Oh, I went camping on Lake Superior. That was really fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we went up to the Kinoa Peninsula. Me and two other coworkers, we drove up there. 
And uh, it was a long drive. It took a while to get there from where we are. Longer than you would think. Like, you think Lake Superior is close, and then you, like, go way out on this peninsula that, like, driving out on the peninsula takes, like, three hours. Just the peninsula drive. It was in the upper part of Michigan, even even though um, we live in Wisconsin now. But, which I don't know if I've said. Did I tell you? Is that announced on the podcast? You said it uh, a while ago. It wasn't announced. You just kind of said Wisconsin. Just kind of dropped just, it. Just kind of dropped it. Well... Here we are. Anyways, and it was really cool. It was down this like four by four road, um, pretty like way back there, um, like hard to get to. And uh, the person I was with, uh, she was driving her Subaru Forester, which is a capable vehicle. But um, this is while Susie was in the garage. My vehicle was in the garage, so I, I wasn't driving. But um, she didn't mind driving, so she was driving her Subaru Forester and uh, capable vehicle, all-wheel drive, great stuff. Um, but this is a pretty serious off-road road, and it warned that you needed high clearance and all-wheel drive and a skid plate in order to to make it through this road. And we have all-wheel drive; we don't have four-wheel drive. There's a slight difference there, and we don't have a high clearance vehicle. And we don't have a skid plate. <laughs> so, so this road's going to be an adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> as we're driving in, we see these, like, these, like, dudes in their souped-up pickup trucks and, like, like uh, four-wheelers and, like, mudding jeeps that are just, like, covered in mud all the way up and, like, all this crazy stuff. And we're like, oh, what do we get ourselves into? But we keep on going and, like, gets worse and then it gets better and then it gets worse and... They, like, pass around us. And I can just imagine what these dudes, like, literally staring down at the Subaru Forester. Like, their tires are, are like, you know, they're sitting above our roof <laughs> looking down at us um, and thinking, like, oh, this, uh, this woman has no idea what she's gotten herself into with this little Subaru Forester. But um, we end up making it. And it's really awesome. And it wasn't too hard of a drive. And uh, I like to think that we totally showed up all of those dudes in their pickup trucks, um, which I think is a really satisfying thing. Hell yeah. Um, and it's just a really awesome time. It's a pretty, like, remote site, like I said, so people that are there are, like, pretty respectful of the place. They don't, like, it wasn't super trash or anything. Um, and we just got some time on the beach and uh, got to hang out. The water was super cold, um, but it felt like a really good getaway from work and, uh, yeah, to, to visit this awesome new place. Um, I'm trying to think what sort of adventurous thing happened. It was a pretty, like, fine trip. Uh, like, nothing super went wrong, um, but it was just, like, totally awesome to be out there. Hell yeah. Oh, I'm glad you got to go. Yeah. Out on a Great Lake, a new Great Lake. A new Great Lake, for sure. Uh, the deepest one. Yes, the deepest And one. arguably the, the superior one. <laughs> some would say some would say yeah yeah um and uh what else i don't know and we got to stop at this really cool town on the way back uh called houghton um small little like definitely a touristy town but like cool enough to stop in for lunch and some coffee on the on the drive back and uh it was just a great great like little road trip camping combo that was uh it was an awesome way to spend a weekend um yeah sounds really lovely 
Speaking of touristy towns, this isn't this isn't really anything. It's just something interesting I was I've observed. Camp is is near Old Forge, New York, uh, which is one of the bigger tourist towns of the Adirondacks. It's pretty much only exists to be a tourist town. And I've I've only ever been here in the summer, so I've only been here like peak tourist season. This is the latest I've ever been. I've never been here in September before, so this is like all new territory. Yeah. I had my birthday here. Maybe I'll talk about my birthday in a second. Oh, totally. That was, that was cool. You had your backcountry birthday a while ago, and I had my Adirondack birthday. But anyway, after Labor Day here, because that's sort of the last big weekend that people have off. So we, we came into town the day after Labor Day, which was my birthday. That's why, yeah, that's why we came into town, because it was my birthday. But driving into Old Forge, which is always packed, it was, like, I'd been there the night before buying groceries, and now the morning after Labor Day... It's empty. Like, it's a ghost town. Every business, like, every restaurant's closed because there's no tourists. It's insane the difference in a tourist town when tourists are there and aren't there. And I never, I don't know if you've experienced that before, but it's, it's spooky. It just turns into this, like, empty ghost town where it's just locals, but the locals don't go to the tourist spots. They go to, like, the local businesses. That's kind of cool to see a new place in a new season. It's been fun to watch the leaves change. I learned ferns change in the, in the fall. I didn't know that. Not a whole lot nice. of ferns in Ohio. <laughs> but Yeah. It's my birthday. Uh, I've got, I, I mentioned my friends with the, the Bougie Lake House. Um, so we went there for my birthday. That was the plan. We were going to go and like make... They have an air fryer. So we made like mozzarella sticks. And we made like our own pizzas. And it was fun. We just like hung out. They have a dock. So we sat on the dock and drank adult beverages for a while. Um, and then we, uh, we decided we were going to go skinny dipping in the lake. Uh, after we had a bit right. too much to drink. So this was like a bad idea from the start. Uh, and there's this island in the middle of Fourth Lake. And my friend goes, let's swim to that island. Which is probably a mile from shore, give or take. Yeah. But we're all, we're all drunk and naked in this lake. That's and we're a like, long yeah. swim. So we start swimming without life jackets, which was also dumb because it's a freezing lake in September at midnight yeah these sound like bad choices these were all bad choices but it was it was, it was beautiful like the milky way was across the the sky and the moon was really big and orange and that was cool so we're swimming we're, we start swimming drunk we start swimming so long we sober up during the swim and we get about half a mile into this lake and everyone's so sober and my friend goes well this was stupid yeah we're all tired now in the middle of a lake with nothing to hold on to so we just started swimming back at this point, we're freezing, we're tired, we're, our heads are hurting, we just keep swimming. And my, my good friend and I, or probably one of my best friends here, he and I swimming a little slower, just chatting. We had this revelation that we're both older siblings, and we start discussing, like, what is it like to be an older sibling? What does it mean? You know, what is, what is you know, philosophical musings. And this beautiful, like, huge shooting star streaks across the sky. And I was like, damn, this is my birthday. This is, this is my real life, just like... Under the stars in this lake, shooting stars, friends, beverages, what more can I want? It was really nice. And I drank enough water that I was not hungover the next day, so I'd call that a successful birthday. Nice. That's really sweet. Some not-so-great decision-making, but you made it back, so... And Mom, if you listen to this episode, that was all a goof. We played cards the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Great. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as long as you don't make the same mistake twice, I suppose. I um, hopefully yeah. won't. Hopefully not. Um, that's fun, though. Uh, yeah. 
that's a great birthday though that's that's really fun um i'm looking forward to having my birthday here i think it's going to be interesting to be here that long and to like hopefully i'll have a gang of people by then and your squad a squad to hang out with and some cool places to hang out and uh yeah it'll be great um, how long are you there for what's is it a year lease or what's the it is yeah that was kind of the scary thing of like all right I'm gonna sign this and i'm gonna be here this is my life now and i don't think that's like fully set in and mm-hmm. the time is going fine like i don't feel any qualms about it but uh still kind of a big decision and then i realized like wait didn't i just do four years at college and like live that life so i feel like one year is not as big of a commitment as four um so let's do it yeah it it is kind of kind of interesting but uh i do have a spare room so uh a spare bedroom that i'm not using right now uh so if you want to come on up and hang out and have your own place while i'm at work um that could be your next destination after whatever you're doing there uh finishes up yeah, I've I've never been the furthest west I've been is Ohio, so Wisconsin is like a, the promised land. That's the furthest uh, west you've been. Who knows what's out there? Yeah, Central Ohio. And the, specifically, there's a Renaissance Fair. It's like a, a a fairground that's permanent. So that's the furthest west I've been is the Renaissance Fair in Ohio. I Let me see. I might not it. even be. Oh no, I'm definitely west of. Yep. Okay, we're west of that. Yep. Is what's is Wisconsin considered the Midwest? Yeah, I would say, yeah, it's definitely in the Midwest. I like the Midwest. As much as I, I gripe about Ohio a lot, but I feel like there's a good vibe in the Midwest if you look past some of the, the less fun parts about the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a good vibe. It's definitely like a homegrown, yeah, d- uh, fiercely dependent uh, vibe. It kind of reminds me of Vermont in that way. I don't know. Yeah, um, I I would. I think that's that's a fair... Uh, I've been listening to a lot of country music lately. This is relevant. This isn't just a... a no, I, I, I'm down to talk about country uh, music. I've never been a country music fan, but that's all that's on the radio up here, so, and my friends are all into it. But I feel like one of the biggest vibes in country music is, like, small town, everyone's family, like, who needs anything else? Well, we, all we need is right here, and that's, that's the Midwest vibe, and I'm all about that. Yeah, for sure. That's great. Uh, that's so funny that you've been listening to country music. That's what I've been listening to also spooky thing happened to me like spooky in a good way okay um i had a song stuck in my head for a whole week when i was out on trail um i forget what it was it was like one of the like country hits that's come out recently i don't need to buzz market them i suppose but i i forget anyways and uh it was like stuck in my head and i have like the words and i keep like saying the the like the chorus over and over again and then as soon as i get into my car and turn on the keys that's the song that was no in the middle of the chorus what? that I was just singing. Oh my god! It was wild. <laughs> That's spooky. Yeah, just a weird like synchronicity, synchronicity in the Matrix or something. Uh, pretty fun. I was I've been doing a lot of painting recently, and we my friend and I that I'm painting with she always she has like a playlist. It's her 24 hour playlist, but it, it pretty much plays the same six country songs. Uh, I'm. I told her we were driving around yesterday and I said, oh, this song's been stuck in my head. And because she's very kind, the next song she added to like the, the cue was whatever song was stuck in my head. And she just kept doing that anytime I told her the next song that was stuck in my head. So it's been like just sort of echoey country bouncing around for quite a while now. But I like country now. 
So that's yeah. Were you in the country before before moving out west or? Yeah, dude. It was kind of it, it's interesting. It was more of like a summer vibe. I feel like uh, last summer I really got into it more so, and uh, and that's like what was always on at at work, at the um at the the camp that I worked at we were just like always listening to country music and that was kind of cool um and my my uh my boss was really into that too so it was kind of fun to to have that um so i think that really kind of got got it into me but i like to joke around and say that i come from a country music mom and a classic rock dad um which i don't know what that makes me but uh kind of interesting um, so yeah, I've, I've definitely been getting into country music. Who who do you like in country music right now? Like, what's, what's I mean, I don't really know any of the. Uh, what was the one that was stuck in my head? Rain Rain's a good thing. That's the song that's sort uh-huh. of been been stuck in my head for quite a while. Um, Luke Bryan just came out with a song recently, Six Feet Apart. That's no, that's Luke Combs. There's a big Luke difference. Combs. I I see that. That's I, we were raking out wood chips. And I, we we had a whole talk about Luke's. Luke Luke Combs we like. Luke Bryan we don't. <laughs> I maybe I'll edit it so I said Luke Combs in the first place. I, Luke Combs just came out with a song recently called Six Feet Apart. See, so yeah, I'll I'll slip yes. that in and it'll be unnoticeable. Very good, very good. Uh, yeah, but I'm no, I'm awesome. very into that song. Uh, what was Luke that? Luke Bryan is the bro country like girl get up in my pickup truck. Luke Combs is more of like the cl- like cool classy country. Yeah, and he's not like a misogynist, <laughs> which is nice. I I do enjoy the uh, <coughs> excuse me. It's uh, allergies, not coronavirus. Um, I do enjoy non-misogynistic music. It's one of my favorite kinds. I would say. Yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, and actually, non-misogynistic yeah. anything. Uh, no, yeah. My favorite sure. media uh, is is not misog- You know, hot take. Anyway, I've been really into uh, Morgan Wallen's new song Seven Summers. You should check that out. I don't know. It maybe I'll have to. We'll add it to the uh, the playlist. I think it just hit the radios recently. I'm trying to think. I don't know if I've heard it on the radio, but it's definitely out there. Um, so that's been pretty cool. It's been so fun because everyone, the whole staff except for me, is like super hardcore country fans. So they know all the songs. They know all the words. And there's the v- most vivid memory I have of country music this summer. We. It was like a couple hour break between end of afternoon and, and evening program. So we went out and we got coffee for everyone and just decided we were going to blare country music in the cabin. So mm-hmm. everyone is like dancing and singing along so loudly. And I don't know any of the words. So everyone except me is like jamming out. And I'm just kind of like, I'm enjoying it. But in that moment, I decided like I have to learn some country songs. So I've, I've been working on it. Yeah. I've definitely learned to appreciate music a lot more, uh, especially on the drives back from work when I haven't listened to music in a week right. and then I turn on the car and, and I get to hear it again. And that's kind of cool. But yeah, definitely uh, country music. And, and that's like what the radio, like it's, like you said, that's all that the radio stations are nowadays. I feel it's like, always played, yeah. especially up here, it's either country or Christian. And uh, <laughs> it's even hard to find like the NPR station, or at least it like changes over, like from where I drive, like, yeah, anyways, so it's hard to tune into that one, but um anyways. Yeah, so that's that's been that's been kind of fun. Um what else? Um I sort of adopted a cat. This is kind of a weird story. 
Oh, really? Um, so I, I have a couple supervisors, and one of them, she has a huge mouse problem in her house, and she's been saying for all summer, like, I'm going to get a cat, and it's going to catch the mice, and we're going to be best friends. But she hasn't actually gone out and gotten the cat, she's just talked about it. Uh, and then last Thursday, we get into the office for the morning meeting, and she says, I think I'm going to get the cat today. What do you think? We're like, yeah, get the cat. Go for it. Um, and she shows us these cats at some shelters she was looking at and, and the ones she liked. And we get to the end of the day and we realize because my, my main boss was at home, my cat needing boss couldn't leave in case people needed anything since she was like the, sure the go-to person. So she turned to me and, and Karen, my coworker, and she said, do you guys want to go get me a cat since you're cat people? <laughs> and we're like, sure, we'll go get but the, yeah. New, the, the shelter she that wanted us to like go to was in, in Lowville, New York. So it was like an hour and a half to this, this humane society. And most of it's on, there's this, this reservoir up here called Stillwater Reservoir. It's huge. But the whole road is just this like half hour of dirt roads. So it, we're just driving on this endless dirt road in the woods, in the woods, in the woods. And I've not left the Adirondacks, like the Fulton chain at all this summer. And we're just driving, jamming out, like... Trying to grasp, like, we are going to go buy our boss a cat. This is what's happening. It's, like, 5 p.m. And we get into Lowville, and they're about to close. Like, they're five minutes from closing this place. We run in, and I say, we need to see this specific cat. <laughs> and the woman's like, oh, well, he's kind of shy. And I was like, this is the, this is the one we want. Because we thought it... I was very stressed about the fact that we were not adopting the cat for ourselves. And I thought if we tell them that, they're not going to give us this cat. And I don't want to return empty-handed because I've really set myself in the idea of petting a cat. Right. So we go in and she's like, this cat's very shy. Uh, he, you know, he sort of likes to sit up on this perch. He doesn't really, you know, if you can get him to come out of his shell, that'd be awesome. But he doesn't really come out of his shell. Uh, and so I went, he was, he was pretty high up. I, I could barely reach him with my hand. So I was sort of trying to scratch his head. I was slow. You know, I let him sniff me first and everything. And this other cat was nuzzling my leg. And I was like, we got to get this cat because he's so snuggly and I love him. But this is the cat that was snuggling me. It was not the cat my boss wanted. So I was trying to warm up to this, this other cat. And I was about to give up on him. Like, he was not receptive. And then suddenly he flopped onto his side and, like, nuzzled up into my hand. So I was like, we got to get this cat. We have to. Aww. So I, I go to the woman. I'm like, hey, we really like this cat. She says, all right, I'll get the adoption papers. And something, I, I hadn't processed the fact that there'd be, like, forms to sign. I thought we were just going to walk out with a cat. So I was like, oh, Karen, do this. So I made Karen do it because I was too stressed. And Karen was stressed. She was like, well, she's going she's gonna to figure out some things up and she's not going to let us take the cat. It worked out. We left with the cat. And it was just like, we started driving back and I'm petting this cat in the carrier. And we just drove an hour and a half and adopted a cat on a whim. And it was... Classic. <laughs> it was just like one of the craziest... I don't, I don't like to be spontaneous ever. I like to plan things out pretty meticulously. I don't like surprises in in you know on a journey i want to know exactly what's there so randomly adopting a cat was not something i saw myself doing this summer or or ever i always thought that'd be a plan i made uh but our names are on the adoption papers so i technically have adopted a cat there you go that's pretty fun it was that's, wild. that's a cool thing i mean that was a good cause to leave the uh leave the bubble for i guess yeah, we went to McDonald's after because there was a McDonald's in Lowville, and we were like, we just need McDonald's fries. Like we've been craving them. <laughs> and sitting in a McDonald's parking lot on like a strip, as like cars are driving by after spending two months in the woods with very little anything, 
was <laughs> like severe culture shock and also it felt like kind of fake i don't know if you experienced that when you come back from the Secret yeah Asian almost field. every week <laughs> like, like it's a culture shock but it was cool yeah so for the first week when i got up here i did training and then i went to a forest service campground and stayed there while i was looking for a place to live um and then i got an airbnb the second time and then uh, on that second off shift and then uh found this place um so you were up there a couple of weeks without an actual like home home yeah 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 um so it was the campground and then the airbnb so after once i found this place i was super relieved to not be living out of my car anymore but fair um hanging out at this campground was kind of fun i mean it's like pretty normal to me i suppose at some point but um yeah and it was free for the for the most part (laughs) i guess maybe don't tell the forest service that but uh you have to fill out the paperwork yourself and put it in the slot and um but you don't have to like register or reserve a campsite in advance. So that, that helps out. You just show up and camp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if there's a spot available, you yeah. can reserve, but like if spots are open, they're, they're first come first serve. Um, so that was kind of cool and fun to hang out there for a week and like have, there was very few other people in the campground. So it was nice to like have kind of the whole place to myself, which was sweet. Um, yeah, and I stayed at this very cool Airbnb uh, on this this farmhouse just outside of town, and um, went apartment shopping, and then uh, found this place. So um, I felt like I was kind of building my life up from like, all right, you are at your training, and you're living out of a tent and a backpack for like a whole week, and then you get to live in your car and at a campground where there's water, and like uh, somebody else has the toilet set up, and then. <laughs> Like, you get to stay at this Airbnb where it's, like, you get a roof over your head and a room, but you don't own the house or, like, any anything else in it. It's just, like, a place, a, a bed yeah. to then, like, here, now's your own place, and you get, like, all these rooms to yourself and a garage and, like, all this place to put your stuff. So I feel like I've, like, built my way up from nothing <laughs> in the, these past couple of months from uh, living out of a tent and a sleeping bag to then living out of my car. Um, to then finally living here. So uh, kind of a a satisfying journey in a way. And you did it yourself. That's, you know, you mentioned college being a big commitment, but I feel like in college, like it's sort of like there's guidance, right? Like the school, you know, sort of helps you figure out what dorm you're going to be in. And like there's a dining hall and and your classes are your classes. But I feel like this, you know, the apartment hunting and and signing a lease for a year, like you, you are now, like it's your fate in your hands rather than sort of being guided. And that, that kind of freaks me out, that concept. I'm about to start a similar journey. So it's very like intimidating. Yeah, that's true, I guess. I mean, I've also had help along the way from my, my folks have, have helped me look for apartments when I was out for that week, like at work, I can't look for apartments. So true. Um, Cause I don't have like internet access. So they would like look for all these apartments and then when I came off of work, I had like a list of them like ready to go and like appointments set up to visit them. All that work had been done in the background because um, I wasn't able to do it because I didn't have internet. So that was super handy. Right, because you were, yeah, off um, the grid. My experiences traveling out west definitely helped a lot. Uh, like being able to feel comfortable living out of my car and like 
knowing how to find forest service campgrounds and like where to camp for free and stuff. Um, what food is going to go bad in a week or not without a refrigerator is uh, kind of a handy thing to know when it comes to that. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a, a pretty fierce sense of independence. Um, kind of spooky and like weird in a way and like, like, I'm like kind of like an imposter syndrome. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where like, all right, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for the experiment to be over with and for somebody to tell me that like, all right, you're back to doing whatever you were doing before this, but um, really it's just onward and upward from here. So kind of crazy to think about, but uh, also really satisfying at the same time. Yeah, I'm pumped for you. It's, it's, I'm jealous. Uh, you know, I, it's been sort of weird. My end date originally, like on my contract that I signed was August 30th. That was my last day of working. And then a little bit into August, my boss was like, well, we're going to think about doing fall rentals. You think you'd want to stay around? And like, I, I mean, I don't have anything going on, right? Like it would be back to, back to Buffalo and, and wait for something to happen. So sure. I'll, I'll stay. So, well, we're going to, you know, through maybe mid September, we've got rentals. We're not sure yet. Like, okay. And then the last week of August, she said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to need you through September. I think I said, okay, that's fine. All of uh, September. All of September, and now it's Columbus Day, so it, and I think Columbus Day is the end, the end. But it's been like you know, I've just sort of gone with with this flow, and now I've been in the Adirondack. I'm gonna be here for three and a half months. What day is Columbus Day? When is that? Uh, October twelfth. Oh, okay. So halfway through October. Wow. Halfway through October. Nice. So that's I've, I've been here since July seventh. So it's I mean literally. Wow, dude. Almost half of twenty twenty. It's wild. Yeah. And I've you talk about imposter syndrome. I don't know quite how to. It's not imposter syndrome that I'm feeling. But I feel sort of like this sense that I'm hiding and I've been hiding from like the real world. You know, the world's a shit show right now. We all know this. That's not a secret. It's it's a bad place out there. But I've been up in the mountains for three months and, and you know, I, on my days off, I go hiking or I go tubing. Well, I went tubing for the first time last week, uh, which I never done. And I fell off at 30 miles an hour and it hurt so much. I was not anticipating skipping across the water like a rock at 30 miles like an hour tubing? yeah we have a private lake so we just took the boat out one day and i've never been tubing before and i stupidly didn't wow. think that going fast and letting go would hurt and it did but like you know i'm i'm you know i can go to bars here because all the bars here have outdoor seating as is like everything's meant to be outdoors here so it, there's sort of this sense of normalcy and it's a false sense of normalcy and and the few times yeah. I've sat inside a restaurant, which is an awful thing and I shouldn't be doing it, you know, it doesn't feel as bad as, as maybe it would somewhere else because this, you know, before tourists, tourists sort of changed that, but it's, it feels like reality here and it's not reality. Reality is a mess, but I'm in this sort of false place that feels like the before times and it's cool and I enjoy it obviously I don't you know I don't want to be stressed about a pandemic and an election and the country on fire constantly but I am hiding and that's sort of maybe it's guilt it's sort of a survival survivor's guilt kind of feeling if that makes any sense yeah I feel you I mean I go out for a week and I don't know what's going on and then I come back for a week I guess I'm like a little more isolated like I'm both more isolated than you and less isolated than you Cause I have high speed internet at the house and I live in a, in a fairly large city and not a city, but like a fairly large town. Yeah. And, um, and like that keeps me pretty like 
relevant to the world and I feel like yeah I'm definitely in it when I'm when I'm out of the woods and when I'm at home it's like yeah this is yep this is really real but then when I'm in the woods like all of that kind of melts away and my life contracts so Mm -hmm. tightly to like the people that I'm around and the backpack I'm living out of and that's it um so it is kind of weird in that way of like expanding and then contracting and then expanding and contracting and so when my life does contract like that uh yeah I don't know anything that's going on in the outside world and things change and and stuff happens and I come back to it and I have to like deal with it during my off week and then like think about it and then head back into the woods and have that contract again so I definitely feel you there man re-entry is a weird thing and I think you're experiencing that to some extent because you live in such a remote place and a place that is isolated from from the world in a certain way um the adirondacks are kind of special like that but it also makes that a difficult place to live permanently um yeah or a better place to live permanently depending on your opinion Uh, but it 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 just makes it complicated yeah it's weird because i I normally don't have much internet during normal summer because i'd be in a cabin with kids and there's no internet in the cabins but I'm staying in, in the nurse's station. There's like an apartment there. So we've been in that all summer and there's a, we have a, a Wi-Fi router there. So I am connected whenever I'm there. So it's, it's spotty. It's like shitty internet. You can't get HD, but I'm always like, if I want to seek out the news, I can at any given moment, but I spend all my days out, you know, on the lake, there's nothing. And then I come back. So it's sort of like, whiplash wherever I go constantly and that's been that's been an interesting sensation and everything's just weird I mean 2020 is just a a, quite the year and I think nothing is really going to feel normal no matter where you are so you have to create that sense of normalcy and mine's hiding yours is you know you you exist you exist in two worlds which is kind of cool yeah it's kind of cool but it's also hard to find a rhythm in that yeah well, that, I, I'm not sure there is a rhythm in adult life, not a consistent rhythm. I think, no. you know, you're just trying to make things work as much as you can. That's about the best you can do. Hmm. That's, that's my, I mean, I, I've not, you know, you're living an adult life more than I am. So I'm just speculating, but yeah, I don't know. I'd also that's like my, my theory, uh, um, hold off on using the word adult I don't, like I said before I don't really feel like an adult most days I mean I do because I've got serious responsibilities and people to take care of and stuff but um yeah I don't know if the the concept of growing up like is a physical one but hopefully not a mental one you know do you think there'll ever be like like a moment where you're like oh I'm an adult or do you think it's just gonna feel nebulous forever we talk about, we get um, really existential on this podcast a lot, and we never intend to. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's been some times at work that I've definitely felt that. It's hard to to talk about, and I can't really, but... Yeah, no, I mean, don't... My job has definitely, like, in some ways forced me into adulthood more than, than anything, um, which is kind of satisfying and, like, pretty enjoyable to to have that exponential growth curve of, like yeah, wow, this is, like, a lot of responsibility I'm feeling, but also kind of terrifying. 
Yeah, it is an odd. I mean, I've not worked. You're working in a, a more intense situation probably than than what I've worked with. You know, being responsible for people in any degree, I feel like forces you to to mature a little bit in in that moment. Maybe not permanently, but it's interesting. There's been last summer especially. There were moments I had. I was the CIT counselor, and there were there were five CITs, and I was the only CIT counselor at camp just because we short staffed and everyone was everywhere. And so every night I'd, I'd collect the CITs and we'd go sit down. It was just me and these five teenagers. And it was very, like, it was very parental, like, sitting down and, like, tell me about your day. What, what, are, you, what are you worried about? What questions do you have? We're going to have this honest conversation. But it was very much like I'm the adult here checking in with these kids. And it was, it was very interesting. For sure. But it's, uh, it's really awesome to be changing and to be growing and to be, um, yeah, just, just being, uh, I don't know, on a grand adventure here. Absolutely. We just hit the hour mark and, and, and we can wrap up in a second. I do have one question for you and I, I texted you ahead of time about this, but I think it's important because uh, I don't know if you knew this, Isaac, it's an election year. Oh, it is. Yeah. So, so presidential election, it's very, you know, terrifying. Uh, for the past four years, I, we don't need to get overly political. The past four years have not been great for the American government. Uh, so I'd say this is a fairly important election. And my question for you is, how are you planning on voting? Not, not politically, like how are you going to, like what method are you going to partake in to vote? This is sort of a weird year to have an election, yeah. given that there's a you know, <laughs> unstoppable virus ravaging the world. I think I am still going to do a absentee mail-in ballot um, since I don't know if I've technically switched my permanent address yet. That's like the weird complication right now is like I just moved to a different state. So I have to like figure out the voting laws and do the mm-hmm. do the permanent residency thing here. So um, which will come soon enough. But uh, I think at least for this one, I'm doing the um, the absentee. Sweet. So, and have you have you already requested it? I have. Yeah. 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 Because so, I've heard get that in as here. early as possible. Yeah, that's the key is getting on that stuff early and, and getting it's it in be... so uh, you've got plenty of time and you're not trying to get it in the day of and yeah. procrastinate like a college paper and uh, you'll be all... Yeah, definitely don't procrastinate on voting. This is this is pretty important. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, yeah. I'm sort of I, I'm sort of waffling. I haven't quite decided yet. I, I think I might request a mail-in ballot. I'll be home probably for the election or for the election season. Um, but I'm also sort of looking at early voting in person. Uh, sure. Just because you know it, it, the postal service is a mess right now, potentially and likely because of of political forces, but I don't necessarily know if I want to necessarily send in a ballot if I have the option to go vote somewhere in person. I don't think I'd vote on election day, uh, just because that's probably going to be pretty crowded, and coronavirus. So I think I'm going to look yeah. into early voting and and. I think there's a couple locations in Buffalo that I could go to and, you know, wear a mask and, and vote. But I also might, I'm going to request a mail-in ballot and, and figure it out then. No. But I've heard, uh, I mean, this doesn't help you because you're in a different state, but if you don't want to mail it in, you can take it to the Board of Elections and physically turn it in to the Board of Elections instead of mailing oh. it. Like, if you can drop it off there and then they just have it. Um, so, yeah, vote. Democracy. It's a great thing. Uh, let's not lose it. There you go. Uh, yeah. Um, I've got a couple more stories, but I feel like I can save those 
it's it's late on my end. Uh, yeah, it is late on your end, huh? It's weird. We're, it, we've never been in different time zones before. We have been. Wait, no, we haven't. Well, not not recording the podcast. Because uh, whenever you've gone on field semesters, we've we've just taken a hi- hiatus. Oh, you're right. You're right. I was gonna say Ohio's not not in uh, Central Time. Um, but anyways, it was good talking to you, man. And we'll yeah, keep talk it going you, now that we have a system, system set up. I'm glad you're doing well. It's good to see you and hear from you. It's nice to finally hear from you, uh, <laughs> yeah. audibly. Uh, good luck with your next uh, field mission. Thank you.